Welcome back to the Two Deaf Movie, Movie Podcast. Podcast. This week for episode 36, we're talking Sucker Punch to, to death. death. A young girl is institutionalized by her abusive stepfather, retreating into an alternate reality as a coping strategy, envisioning a plan to help her escape. All right. This fucking movie. <laughs> this movie is brought to you in part by our friend, Jose Herrera, who was the first one to comment. So yeah. we are doing Sucker Punch. I'm sorry for anyone who likes this movie. You're wrong. <laughs> You're definitely wrong. That's my opinion for openers. <laughs> Randy? Um, yeah. Uh, Zack Snyder's got a style. He does have a style. Sometimes um, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I, I would honestly, I don't know if I could say this out loud, but it seems like the only movie that ever really worked for Zack Snyder was 300. Oh, yeah. The material, the script, the style, everything worked in that movie. Uh, casting, everything. It seems like that's his perfect film. And then you go to something like this and you're like, wow, he made a movie. <laughs> he, he, in fact, <laughs> you know made what I mean? a film. Um, yeah. Not sure if it's good, but it, uh, it's interesting, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, that fool's made 21 movies. 21? Oh, good actually, director. I take that back. He, uh, he made the uh, remake of uh, um, that zombie movie. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, which is actually pretty good. Which was his precursor to 300. Yeah, yeah. That's the movie that actually, got him the ability to do 300. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That one is actually pretty good. So... Are you sure the Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul, that was the one that did it for you? That CGI bird movie that Hell is yeah. really weird. Uh, beautiful, but super weird. Yeah. He shoots everything like a music video. Like, honestly. I mean, like, everything looks pretty. Uh, he did My Chemical Romance's Desolation Row video. Yeah, but if you, if you think about it, it's funny. Music videos don't need a story. They just need to look pretty. Yeah. And that's really what Zack Snyder does. Like he's from, he makes the, things he's from the Michael Bay camp. <laughs> making everything pretty. I mean, that's exactly where Michael Bay got started, essentially. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that was general impressions. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. So, Randy, can you dance our way into that spoiler bumper? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Sucker Punch is rated PG-13 and was released... March 25th, 2011, and had a budget of $82 million, an opening weekend of $19 million, and a total gross of $89 million. <laughs> it made $7 million more than its budget over the entire time that it was out. And that's not including marketing or, or anything. Yeah. The movie is directed by one and only Zack Snyder. It is written by Zack Snyder and Steven Shibuya. And apparently this is the only movie Steven Shibuya has had written at the time. Wow. I guess he's just like, hey, dude, I got you. I'll fucking, you know, get you a paycheck. Yeah. The cast includes Emily Browning as Baby Doll. Mm-hmm. Abby Cornish as Sweet Pea. Yep. Jenna Malone as Rocket. Vanessa Hudgens as Blondie. Jamie Chung as Amber. Carla Jugino yeah. as Dr. Vera Gorski. Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron himself, as Blue Jones. Such a weird name. Such a weird name. John Hamm is the high roller doctor. And Scott Glenn, the famous Scott Glenn, as the wise man. Yeah. I love 
that Jamie Chung is the only one that has a normal name. Yes, absolutely. All the other girls have weird names like Baby Doll, Sweet Pea, Rocket, and Blondie. Then Amber. And then Amber. Well, I think the funny part is, is like none of them have real names besides like Gorski and Blue. Everybody else is some sort of like weird nickname. It's we- it's weird too that Scott Glenn is the wise man. Like this movie really feels like Zack Snyder wanted to make a video game movie. Yeah, and I guess they originally wrote the wise man for Scott Glenn specifically. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. It fits him really well. It does. Just yeah. like him being stick and daredevil. Yeah. Um, he's perfect in that too. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's good. I, <laughs> I'm going to try to be not overly critical about this movie to start. Okay. <laughs> so I want to talk about, First off, not that it's said in the beginning of the movie, but it is implied that her stepfather, after their mother died, killed her little sister and then blamed it on her (laughs) and then pleaded her as being mentally insane. And then also maybe killed the mom? Maybe killed the mom, maybe raped the little sister. I don't know. There's a lot of like really but you don't know there's no connection there's nothing there's nothing that Zack Snyder sets up that actually like explains that anything happens and in his mind he's like that's what it is you're supposed to like piece it together and figure it out and I was like this for a good movie does not make no and the weird thing about the first couple minutes of the movie were like uh because Emily Browning's character baby doll she gets a gun and she fires it and it almost the way it's cut, it, it, it's kind of confusing because you're like, did she shoot her sister or did he kill the sister before she got there? Yeah, you're not you're sure. You're a little confused. Like she's, It seems like I feel like she killed the sister and that was where the mental break happened, yeah, quote unquote. Right? <sighs> but it's very confusing how it's cut. Yeah, and I guess... To be fair, there is a director's cut of this movie, which kind of fills in the gaps. Yeah. Because originally, Zack Snyder, when he was editing this, they were always supposed to go for a PG-13 re- rating. But in his original edit, there was a scene with John Hamm and Baby Doll, and she, like, actually, like, he, like, seduces her. Like, she willingly, like, hooks up with him. Yeah. But then they had to cut it because it pushed them up to an R rating for the movie. So when they cut it, the scene is very, like, rapey. Yeah. And it originally wasn't supposed to be. And it's a little disconnected because you don't understand, like, how that all got set up. So. Well, the, the weird thing was I was reading in the trivia that they had, they had to cut it because they didn't like it. Right. Yeah. They didn't like the scene. It didn't fit or whatever. Yeah. So the, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they cut yeah. it entirely because the edited version just didn't work. So then you're like. What the fuck is happening at the end? Yeah. When he's like, your eyes and blah, 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 blah. Like the, the weirdest part is John Hamm's like cameo. Cause it's like, so like, it's so short. It's so small. Field. Yeah. I forgot that he was, I forgot him and Oscar Isaac were in this movie. Oh, I completely forgot that. I thought Oscar Isaac was a different actor altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing yeah, was my boy blue <laughs> in a different interview, Zack Snyder and Emily Browning, both, said that they disliked the fact that the scene was cut. Uh, added to a different cut, though. I guess they re-released it, Oh, and they put it back in, 
and they both were very upset about that. But I was like, you wrote the scene and you shot the scene. Yeah. Like, how can you now say, oh, I'm very upset about that? It's like, you did it. You wrote it and you shot it. Yeah. I. You know, it's kind of funny to go back on it, like thinking like, I understand you cut it, which you felt it needed to be cut, but you also shot it and wrote that scene. So if you're uncomfortable with the scene later on, it's like, you're the one that wrote that scene. Like, I don't understand. You know what I mean? It's not like they went back and reshot a scene and put it in your movie. Yeah, it's not like they yeah. snuck that shit in. Yeah. So just it was funny the way that that went down. Um, multiple actresses that worked on the project said they wanted to quit acting afterwards. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I forget. I forget which actress it was, but it one was, of the girls wanted to quit before. And I think it was his baby Br- doll. Em- yeah. Yeah. Emily Browning wanted to quit acting before she did Sucker Punch. And then afterwards, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. She said that Sucker Punch actually reinvigorated her career and wanted pushed her to keep acting, except she's done jack shit pretty much since this movie. But didn't she get a couple roles after that? Yeah, a couple of like nothing things. <laughs> yeah, like dumb roles. But I mean, Or she TV. Got, a lot of them yeah. did TV and stuff. The only ones that have really like gone on to do anything are most of the guys. And then Jamie Chung and Vanessa Hudgens, obviously. The weird thing is Jamie Chung said this is her favorite movie that she do- has done. But the quote doesn't say like when that was stated. I, be- I believe that is wrong now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you asked her today, she would not say this is her favorite movie. But oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's get into the meat. I want to get, I want to say, okay, so right in the beginning, I'm going to try, like I said, I'm going to try to be nice to start. What do we like about the movie? Visually, it's really cool. Visually, the movie is fucking cool. I think everyone's going to stand with us on that. I mean, you can't argue that it doesn't look fucking cool. Like, you could take a clip from any part of this movie and be like, oh, it looks badass. What is that movie? If if someone hadn't watched the movie and you just showed them a clip, they'd be like, sweet, where can I watch this movie? But you sit down and watch this freaking two-hour movie and you're like, oh, my God. God. Randy, would you say this movie needs to be shorter? <laughs> this movie needs to be a lot shorter and needs like three more passes on the script. Yeah. There is I'm so confused. I forgot the ending. I don't understand what happened. I don't like the beginning and the ending just like don't link up and it's very confusing. Yeah, the narrative of so when Baby Doll shows up, she like sees the institution, she walks through, she sees all these like set these four set pieces really. And then she meets the girls and then immediately we go from like, you're in an institution into this weird brothel thing. And the movie never really goes back to the institution until the very end. And that, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, no, no. You're you're on, you're on track. I know, but I'm saying like, this is where I'm going to start talking shit about the movie. Yeah. And I was trying to be nice. Well, it, 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 so this is at this point, the movie stays in fantasy land. So it's a, it's a, it is a girl in an institution who imagines herself in a brothel who then imagines herself doing, they have these plans in the brothel environment to steal these objects. But that translates all the way back up to the institution level, but except we never see how it's done on the institution level. It's like three levels of a dream. It's like it, they were like, hey, let's do Inception, but worse. Yeah. It, Literally. Because it, it goes from, you know, like you said, that base real world, quote unquote. Yeah. Where she gets committed. Then she envisions herself in a brothel. Then 
from the brothel, she envisions herself in this mystical world where there's like dragons and guns and mecha weapons and swords and, and then zombies they, and yeah. steampunk and and then they always jump back to the to broth brothel brothel universe but you never go all the way the back way. up to the institution so then yeah. like, i feel like the improvement on the movie like i don't feel like inherently the structure like the bones of the movie are not bad i feel like the way it's told is bad and i feel like like you said three more passes at the script and really cleaned it up and like really thought about how this is going to be conveyed to an audience would have been better because unfortunately, and this is going to piss some people off. I feel like most people that like this movie are like, the movie just looks fucking cool. And that's it. I mean, it is the story doesn't make any sense. The story doesn't make any goddamn sense. Cause we're in spoilers, right? Yeah. So at the end of this, when the high roller comes, John Hamm and he, lobotomizes her or whatever evil she does. guys win evil, evil wins <laughs> she is now envisioning herself as sweet pea like does she become sweet pea like i was so confused i'm well, like no so the because I, she escapes on the bus so the whole thing is is it, that sweet pea and rocket have a family and stuff outside of the institution. Yes, but they, so I thought the metaphor was Sweet Pea and Rocket are sisters. Rocket dies, just like in the real world version. Yeah. And that I was under the impression that um, Baby Doll envisioned herself as Sweet Pea. No. Baby Doll. Because she's the only one that gets away. No, so... The idea is that Sweet Pea realizing that she once she gets out, she has nothing to live for, and that if they don't, if she doesn't get lobotomized, essentially, none of them will get out, even though the other girls have died or been captured. Yeah, but the other girls aren't real, it's all in her brain. So that's why I was like, that's Is it her escaping? Like, her getting lobotomized is the escape? Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. It's like, all right, so we go back up to the the institution level and Sweet Pea is technically the only other one that is real that we see on that level from what I remember. Yeah, but she gets away in the universe in like the alternate dream. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the question. <laughs> that's where this movie gets fucked up. Yeah. Is it baby doll that actually gets away because on the institution level she's with john hand and gets lobotomized yes and then we zoom into her her consciousness or her brain or right and it's like a happy ending where she's like i don't know where i'm going and she gets on the bus and it's like it drives off in the sunset right and you're like wait is this and that's that's the fucking problem with this movie that's what i'm saying it's It's so confusing it's not fucking clear and it's like you know it's it's supposed to be interpretive and uh well that's what i'm saying like my dick (laughs) that's the funniest thing about it is like i was sitting there and i replayed the scene twice and i was like so is this a metaphor for her like the ultimate escape is you escape into yourself because that's Kind of what the movie's about, right? Like because you're escaping you can inward. only find true happiness within Randy. Yeah. Well, it's super weird and confusing. And then she being the hero, Blondie, or I'm sorry, uh, Baby Doll, mm. doesn't really escape. But then Sweet Pea escapes and you're like, well, why do I give a shit? She's not real. She's part of someone's consciousness. Like, so like, like the, 
it's Abby not a real Cornish's person. character is a real person at the Institute, but the way that it is, is shown, she? cause I don't think I, you don't see her. You see her when she first shows up and they're in like the room with all the institution patients, like freaking out and shit. And then later, remember when she starts, when it turns into a brothel. Yeah. Then it turns into a brothel after that point. Okay, because I could swear up and down that because she sees see- all the girls in that room. But I feel like you don't see Abby Cornish's character. Yeah, she's the one on stage. But there's not a stage until she goes into that. But that's dream. the thing. That's that's the argument you need to make. Is, yeah. is that the institution? Because there's no transition point. There's that's no so like weird. obvious transition point. Yeah, the obvious transition point for that scene is because Blue's still in Scrubs. When we reintroduce Gorski, she's in a dress and everything and not in her doctor's outfit. Okay. And then Blue's in that suit. That's the transition. But at the point in the institution, they've already met all the girls. But Baby Doll hasn't talked to them. She's just seen them. And then it goes into the second level where it's the brothel. Yeah. And, and uh, the funny thing is uh, Emily Browning or whatever, she doesn't have a speaking line for like 10 minutes into the movie. Dude, it's like 20 minutes into the movie. It's crazy that you can have a movie follow your main character and she doesn't speak for 20 minutes. She's the only one that didn't have to do dancing either. Even though it's every scene is set up with her starting to dance, she's the only one that did no dance training for that movie because she doesn't actually ever fucking dance. Yeah, she never the, dances. She just sways her body. <laughs> and then you're supposed to assume that it's really provocative. Yeah, it's just implied that it's so mesmerizing that it yeah. puts men under her spell. Her spell and it's yeah, I don't know. It's hard to care about any of these characters either because everyone's like, oh, but like the characters are so good and everything. I'm like, they're not real. They're, like not- they're, they're part of her imagination. So if they die, it doesn't matter. And then her getting committed, maybe she should have been. She's got like three levels of dreams in her head and she's like hallucinating like these characters and this dragon world. Oh, I know. It's so, I don't know. It's very confusing. Okay, so... I'm going to read a quote from Zack Snyder about the film. Okay. And it's, he's talking about why the movie is so much more than girls looking sexy and kicking ass. Everything in the movie is about a show within a show within a show. Someone asked me, why did you dress the girls like that in those provocative costumes? And I said, well, think about it for a second. I didn't dress those girls in the costume. The audience dressed the girls. And when I say the audience, I mean the audience that comes to the movies. Just like the men who visit a brothel dress the girls when they go to see these shows as however they want to see them. But my hope was that they would take those things back, just like my girls hopefully get confidence and they get strength through each and each other. That those, <laughs> wow. that those become power icons. They started as cliches of feminine sexuality as made physical by what the culture creates. I think that part of it w- was really specific, whether it's French maid or nurse or Joan of Arc or a lesser extent or a schoolgirl. Our hope is we were able to modify them and turn them into these power icons where they can fight back as the actual cliches that they represent. So hopefully by the end, the girls are empowered by their sexuality and not exploited. But certainly, that's where they come from. The journey is asking, what do we, what do we want to see? Well, be careful what you want to see. And that's a quote That's a quote in an interview from Zack Snyder about the film. Wow. I just, I get the idea for what he's going for. But I feel like because of the structure of the film, the substance of it is lost. Yeah. It's not empowering. If you don't understand what the message is. No. And also like I almost, I was watching the film and I was like, I almost feel like if you just put them in the brothel, 
Just the brothel. And they want to escape the brothel. And you could almost say, like, okay, baby doll, like, has been broken because she's in this brothel. And that's why she's envisioning this world where she's, like, getting all these things to escape the brothel. That makes much more sense than the three levels yeah, of her being crazy. Had, had the then, institution literally just been like a side brothel hustle thing that was actually going on physically, the mental, as it's posing as a mental institution, the mental escape of them going into these fantasy realms to enact their plans would have been so much more substantial than the three levels that they have. Because it's like, why have the institution level except for it to be really fucking confusing? Like, either have the brothel level or the institution level, not both. And then you gotta, he doesn't, like you said in the beginning, he doesn't cut back enough to the institution to set these girls in the real world, right? Yeah. So did they die in the real world? Or did they die in the brothel? Did they ever really exist? Are like, they all just a part of, you know, her baby imagination? Baby, like she just saw them and then they became characters in like what her and I'm like, there are obviously they've talked about this. They're supposed to be facets of her. Yeah. After the fact. But if you're just watching the movie and you're not digging any deeper into like reading interviews and shit, if you just take the movie at surface value, I don't feel like the movie does a good job at conveying any of that information. No, it doesn't. It doesn't not at all. I don't. It, it's borderline like men's fantasy. Yeah. Much. You know, it's Sh- like shit is in this movie just because it looks cool. Yeah. Most of the scenes don't make any sense. It's like fighter jets and dragons and a castle. It's mecha weapons in World War Two. It's rocket launchers, you know, like, but they're wearing schoolgirl. But that's uniforms. what I mean. Like, I mean. I watch a lot of anime. I watch, read a lot of books. I mean, there's shit like that all over comic books and things like that. But that's what I mean. Like you can have all that, but if you don't have a solid narrative, you're not going to get everyone along with you for the ride. It's, it's almost like I was watching this and it's weird watching this after um, ready player one comes out. Yeah. Cause you're like, Oh, that did it so well by saying, Hey, we step into this world and you can do anything. It's like two levels. And this movie takes it one step further, sucker punch, and goes three levels, but also she might be crazy? Yeah. So it's like, wait, what's real and what's not? Talk about another disappointing movie. Fucking Ready Player One. Ready Player One is amazing. Don't even talk shit about that. Dude, did you finish the book? Huh? No, I didn't finish the book. That's what I fucking thought. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. The movie's amazing. The movie is aight. The movie's good. The movie's not good. I like it a lot. No. (laughs) I know the book's different. For Steven Spielberg, that was a C. At best. What? Really? Yeah, like AI. Ooh, AI's rough. AI is fucking rough. Oh, that movie's trippy as hell, too. Okay, let's not get too far yeah, off Yeah, yeah, let's not get off track. Um, Talking about more movies that are just like weird dreams. <laughs> hey, Joe, what do you know? <laughs> hey, Joe, what do you know? Um, Yeah, I don't know. The cast is good for what they get. Yeah, like I, I don't feel like any of the acting is really bad. The action's super solid. The visuals are really cool. Scott, Scott Glenn is great. You know, Oscar Isaac, John, all the girls. I mean, they're all fucking good. Like, it's not the the biggest problem with this movie is literally structure. Like, yeah, it's and I don't even have a problem with the structure of the movie. There's just a lot of like there's shit missing that should be in there, and there's shit that's in there that doesn't need to be in there. Exactly. So 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I really think if they cut it down and cut all the either the mental institution or the brothel, one or the other. Yeah, because it just it's too many levels and you get confused. Like, I honestly was like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Like, is are they trying to say that, like, Oscar Isaac is like pimping these girls out in the real world? That's what I mean. Like, I just need a little more clarification on. I I'm assuming it's implied that he's using the mental institute to actually whore out these women. Because where does baby doll? Why would she? Why would she put herself in a, in a brothel? Like, why is that her vision? Her go-to. So, yeah, yeah that's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be. Something. I don't. Yeah. Like, where's that base at? Because I can see the fantasy element, right? Like, you want to escape into a fantasy world where there's no consequences. But also, what year does this movie take place in? Oh, yeah. That's super confusing and very vague. It almost looks like uh, her other movie, uh, Unfortunate Events. Yeah. Series of Unfortunate Events. Yeah, like, like, this is like weird. 1940, 50s. He's like, like trying to pull a, um, a Tim Burton and be yeah. very vague with the timeline, but everything looks very uh, old, old and, and structured. And yeah. Yeah. The architect. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I can, can I, uh, can I confess something to you? What? I pretty much fast forward through like, all the action set pieces. Oh yeah. I was just like, none of this matters. Okay. So let's get back to the story. This is, this is where I'm going to be really mean about this movie. I, we had to watch, I, we brought up pretty woman, which superseded watching this movie. Yes. I watched half of sucker punch and then had to take a break (laughs) because I was like, God, this movie it's just the pace and structure of the film. I think visually it's fucking cool. The cast is good, but your narrative is so confusing and not well done. I just don't think things should be done for the sake of being cool. I mean, at least too fast, too furious has a fucking better structure than this fucking movie. Family. Yeah. Family. Family. Um, Um, so like there's so many movies where it's like, oh, we just did a bunch of shit because it's cool. And I'm like, I get it. Every Fast and Furious movie since like two has been just this. We did this because it's fucking cool. Yeah. Look at this cool action set piece. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's fine. But when you're trying to be like deep with this, like three level fucking this is deep because I'm 14 level in Inception movie like it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking garbage. Like, please try harder. This could have been a fucking amazing movie. I think that's the thing that disappoints me the most is this movie could have been phenomenal. Yeah. Like what if like, like just a quick rewrite. What if her stepdad, her mom dies, her stepdad opens a brothel and she has to like help him run it. And he helps the rest of the girls try and escape or she helps the rest of the girls try and escape. And she's like, writing a book or something. It's like a fantasy book and she keeps escaping into that. Like that's a two minute like rewrite right there. And it's already makes more sense than this movie. Right. Absolutely. Like, Oh, or, okay. or even, even that, like, you know, she gets sent to the asylum and then blues running a brothel on yeah. the side inside of the asylum. And Gorski is giving the girls exercises on like escapism. 
like writing stories of their own hidden in the yeah yeah and they use those stories to pass like the plans to steal certain objects between each other because you never get a sense of why or how they came up with how to escape you know what i mean like there's never really like Zack snyder like pauses like when she's being brought into the mental institution on a lighter, on a key. And it's like, but okay, yeah, we works, get that. that. But that only works on the brothel level. When we get back up to the institution level, you don't understand why the fuck they stole all this shit. Yeah. Like the lighter and the knife, I get. And the key, I get. Like they all make sense for what they're stealing and the map. But how that plan comes into play in the real world does not make any goddamn sense. Yeah. And that's that's inherently the biggest problem with this movie. It's like Take a focus. Also, I'm sorry. I've hung a million posters and, and pieces of paper on the wall. Oscar Isaac walks into his office and he's like, that poster's been moved one inch. And he like removes the tack and it's been retacked in the corner. I'm like, really? Like, I don't know if I would notice like one of my pictures being taken down and putting back up real quick. Like, also, come on. Even if, even if that's the case, I was like, why couldn't you put the tack back where it was? Right in the same hole. Yeah. yeah. It's or close a, enough. It's such a weird, yeah. I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Call them BS. Yeah. I know people use the term plot holes a lot, but I feel like that one's a real plot hole. Yeah. That seems really sketch. I mean, that character makes sense for him to be questioning the girls constantly and being like, particularly I'm, on the brothel level. Cause he's like, you know, he's a up more like, uppity version of himself where he's like super intelligent and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, I think he does the best work in the movie to be honest with you. Yeah. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I don't think, I think the girls are okay. I don't, but most of them have so few speaking lines. Rocket's good. Rocket's good. I like, I really, really like Jenna Malone's character as rocket. But every time they said rocket, all I kept thinking was guardians of the galaxy. What is with that weird nurse's hat she's like wearing? I don't know. What's with any of the costumes? You're right. <laughs> I do like that fucking Abby Cornish has that fucking claymore on her back. Giant ass sword. I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like they're, man, they could have done so much more with this. This movie's want. cool, but it's not I cash almost, money cool. I almost feel like if Zack Snyder made a comic first, that could have tested the waters to see if he could have made this movie. You know, because he could actually try writing a story. Yeah. That made fucking sense. Um, just a quick update. I guess a, a few days ago, it's funny that we're reviewing this movie. Zack Snyder's uh, finally going to start working again since uh, Batman versus Superman or whatever he did last. Since no one or would Justice hire League. him. Um, he's partnering with one of his longtime partners to make a Viking uh, mythology animated show for Netflix. But he's not directing. He's only conceptualizing it. I guess he's only like advising on the project. And that's the level that Zack Snyder should always work exactly. on. Exactly. That's, that's what, what he does best. Yeah. Don't direct it. Don't write it. Just give them the ideas and help and them design don't it. don't color grade it for Jesus fucking Christ. I am so sick of the Zack Snyder color grading. It's fucking bullshit. I'm tired of looking at it. 300 and maybe Watchmen were the only fucking time that worked. Yeah. It's... It's fucking garbage. I'm sorry. That shit pisses me off because people are like, it looks fucking cool and edgy. I was like, you're a fucking retard. <laughs> it fucking looks terrible. You're offending so many people right now. I don't give a shit. Fight me. <laughs> Change my mind. Um, 
I love how the uh, real quick one last thing the uh, the uh, sorry Emily Browning's character in the beginning when she fires the gun when she's not talking yeah it felt so much like recycled material for Batman vs Superman with the opening with Bruce Wayne's parents I was like why does this feel re- like that's remind the, me of that that's the fucking problem with the color grading and everything fucking being Zack Snyder slow mo he has he had some good ideas. And he just has a box that he just keeps pulling the same shit out of. He's like a children's magician. He only has 10 tricks he can do. And they're really flashy. And they cost him a lot of money. And people go, oh, wow, that's fucking great. But then he goes home and cries and drinks himself to death. Because it's fucking trash. It was cool the first time. But it's not cool anymore. The kids have grown up. You need to learn some fucking new material. I would love for him to do just a basic movie. No CGI. Just just give me something normal. Yeah. Can you make... Could Zack Snyder make a normal-ass movie without a bunch of special effects? Yeah. Because Dawn of the Dead, right? That movie that he made had no color grading. Nope. It was perfectly normal. Yep. That's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a remake of somebody else's material, but... That's why I, I want to see him try to make an original movie that doesn't involve a bunch of shit. And I oh. guarantee a studio would green light him a $40 million movie. But stop trying to make $100 million action films that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Go low budget, bro. Go 30 mil, 40 mil. Take the uh, M. Night Shyamalan approach and come back. Yeah. Challenge yourself. Yeah. Go back to basics, bro. I, f- it, I, I feel like Zack Snyder's just high his own shit. Yeah, it's like, crazy. He's smoking his own supply. And he's he's just <laughs> I feel like after <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So let's talk. This is we're just gonna talk about Zack Snyder right now. I'm sorry, sucker punch is over. You want a grade sucker punch? Come on, do it. Lay it out right here. Do it. Do it. Uh what do you want to grade it out of? Uh I don't know. Four <laughs> we need five objects to escape this review. How many objects do we need to escape, Randy? One. Okay. Um, I will do, uh, I'll do two objects out of five. It's visually cool. You know um, what? I'll say one and a half because it is cool. To it look is at. cool. Like there's no, no one's going to look at it and be like, this isn't like, this is boring. No, it's visually, it's very beautiful and cool. And the action sequences are great. And uh, all the stunt work's amazing. CGI is flawless. There's no bad CGI. It's yeah. just nonsense it's like spaghetti yeah all the action set pieces are really cool all the choreography for like the gun foo scenes are really really good but yeah but like you said if there's no plot and no characters i give a fuck about why do i care yeah i have to care about somebody in the film i don't care about anybody yeah when's this movie over (laughs) okay so we're gonna continue on talking about Zack snyder though (laughs) Um, I would like to see him do a low budget, like, I, I don't even care if it's still an action movie or something to that effect. Do, do like a cop drama action movie or a I comedy. I want to see him redo yeah. Taken. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, Re- yeah. Reboot Taken. I don't give a shit. Reboot Rush Hour. Yeah. For all I care. Do something low budget though. Like. Because I do think his camera work and his style is cool. I think he has a lot of great ideas, like you said. 
Yeah, just his can't technique, execute. His technique is not bad. Like no. he works at a very high professional level. He's got a good vision. He does really well framing. You know, he does good sweeping, tracking. He knows how to do action. Like none of that's the problem. Just don't let him color grade a movie at all ever again. I yeah. don't. I could never see that color grading in a movie again, and I would be happy. I think it would be amazing when I watch Justice League or when I watch Batman vs Superman. The only scene in that movie where I was truly impressed and really excited was the Batman scene in the warehouse where he's fighting. Yeah. And I went, why did they give him Superman? They should have gave him Batman. He should have made a Batman movie, and that's it. Yeah. Don't let him do anything else. Yeah, Stay let the someone fuck else. From Justice League. Yeah, let him. Whatever you want to say about Batman doesn't because kill. Because dark or- and gritty and that color grading and the action scenes and everything that he does with Batman is great. Do Batman. That's your cup of tea. I don't know why you touch Superman, which is bright and colorful and the hero. He's of the America's, world. you know, yeah. just like all star Superman, which is, you know, a great Superman comic in case you've never read it. But I was like, fucking Superman's the Boy Scout. He's the fucking all American. And that's like, not what you do. Yeah. But then you put your sensibilities on it. And it's like, well, that's not really my Superman. He's cool. But you didn't really do much with Superman. Yeah. You kind of turned him into the bad guy. Yeah. And then you try to go back on it. We're going to go down a rabbit hole on that one. Yeah. One day we'll review one of those movies and we'll talk about it more. Oh, God. Talk about a long movie. I don't think Zack Snyder's bad. I feel like maybe he just needs to take a step back and start over. Oh, he's definitely not bad. I think he keeps getting work because he can deliver. I mean, none of his movies, I think, have bombed except for Sucker Punch. Yeah. And even that made its money back. Yeah. So. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, next week, hopefully, yes, we will be doing, or we'll be talking hackers to death. I, personally, am super excited to talk about this movie. It is not a great film, but I love it so, so much. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because I know I said I wasn't going to be able to watch it, but I did try to watch it. Um, got a little ways in. I'll save it for next week. Yeah. <laughs> This movie is not perfect. It's not great. It is very much a product of the 90s. Oh, boy. Yeah. I am excited to talk about it because there is a lot I have to dissect in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Randy, can you tell the people how to find us? Yes, I can. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at 2DeathPod. You can email us at 2DeathPro at gmail.com. Our website, 2DeathPod.podbean.com, has all our episodes, all 36 of them. Please check them out. Give them a five-star review. Leave us a comment. If you have a movie or recommendation, please email us or leave a comment. Go over to iTunes. Also, leave us a five-star review. That helps our visibility. And also, it's really awesome. We'll shout you out on the podcast. We appreciate it. If you are looking for me, Casey, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore Phoenix. If you are looking for me, Randy Romero Avila. You can find me at Randy Geeks Out on Instagram and Twitter. Also, let's just give a shout out to Avila. He couldn't make it today because yeah. he had to work. Hey, buddy. We, we uh, miss you. Sorry you had to work. Um, we had a silent special guest today for those of oh, you who yeah. are here. Baby Wendelin is with us. She is currently sleeping on the floor. I do I'm just wa- kidding. She's on the floor. She's in her, she's in her little chair. She's on the floor. I'm just kidding. Um, I do want to say... Uh, <laughs> I'm a terrible father. <laughs> I, uh, I do want to say Wendy's been a treat. She hasn't uh, made a peep. Perfect for the podcast. And we've been really loud. Yeah. Um, I hope she didn't watch Sucker Punch. 
Uh, no. She's okay. not watched that. She's watched other movies with me for the podcast. Oh, okay, though. cool. Um, don't don't abuse your child like that. <laughs> Started with some good movies like Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, like Harry <laughs> Potter. Yeah, there we go. Um, as a side note, um, nope, I lost what I was going to say. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, we're going to start in August? Is oh, that yeah. yeah. About? Oh, just a little bit. So okay. starting in August, we will be doing a format change a little bit. Tiny bit. I'm not going to say what we're doing yet. Nope. But we will be doing a theme a month. Yes. That theme will change. It might include an actor. It might include a director. It might include a style of movie. It might not. We, you'll, you'll have to wait and find out. Um, next week, we'll have more on that. If you're still listening to this episode and care about those things. Um, oh, the demon stirs. Ooh, perfect timing, though. <laughs> okay, so that's what's coming up. Just letting you people know. Uh, we'll have more on that soon. All yes. right. I'm Casey. Love you, people. I'm Randy. I'm just trying to figure it out. Bye. Bye.